0: Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. In 2015... The Truth and Reconciliation Commission of the Government of Canada tabled its report. The report uh, invoked 94 calls to action. The calls to action in particular awoke in many individuals and organizations and even governments. A realization that they had not just a role to play, but a moral responsibility to make amends for the past and to help uh, establish a pattern and a procedure for reconciliation between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people in Canada. The Truth and Reconciliation defined reconciliation in the following manner. Reconciliation is about establishing and maintaining mutually respectful relationship between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal peoples in this country, referring to Canada. In order for that to happen, there has to be awareness of the past and acknowledgement of the harm that has been inflicted, atonement for the causes, and action to change behavior." to flesh out what reconciliation and is and not here is a list of considerations that the commission published that they hoped would contribute to the general understanding of reconciliation they wrote and I quote from the commission report reconciliation is critical complex multifaceted continuous a process about working towards solidarity as a society and country, the responsibility of every Canadian, honoring treaties, acknowledging and respecting Indigenous rights and title, acknowledging and letting go of negative perceptions and stereotypes, acknowledging the past and ensuring that history never repeats, They went on to list a number of other components of the definition of reconciliation. And of course, it's now three years since the tabling of that report. With me this morning are two members of the Task Force on Truth and Reconciliation from Temple Israel of Ottawa, Canada. Fran Kladowski and Anne Alper are co-chairs of the task force and I've invited them to speak with me and with you about the role of a religious community in the implementation of this task for on this uh, commission and its recommendations on truth and reconciliation so Fran and welcome to Jewish faith and Jewish facts
1: Thank you thank you
0: It's a pleasure to have you here. And I suppose we should begin with asking you what motivated a religious community such as Temple Israel to uh, form a task force and to feel an obligation to respond to the Commission on Truth and Reconciliation.
2: So uh, it's Fran here, and uh, I'll tell you a bit about the origins. The decision to create a task force came out of a number of deliberations over several years on how Temple Israel as a Reformed Jewish community with a strong interest in social justice and social action should, in some way or other, think about indigenous, non-indigenous relations. And uh, during the 50th anniversary celebrations, I had proposed a series of activities on social action. So what, that's the 50th anniversary
0: yes. of the establishment mm-hmm. of the synagogue that's in right. Ottawa. Thank you. Which yes. would have been 2016? I
2: believe 16.
0: All right. So yes. about a year after the commission had tabled its report.
2: And um, one of my first motivations for thinking we should do something about indigenous non-indigenous relations was... Um, my very positive impressions about the way in which the recommendations of the Truth and and Reconciliation Commission were formulated. They were very forward-looking, very constructive, and I thought, what a fabulous model for Israel-Palestine. If only we could get to that kind of uh, a set of deliberations and efforts. So, So that was where I began. But during the 50th anniversary, we didn't get to the third, which would have been some sort of initiative like this. And as time went on, and, and as I spoke to Indigenous people, I began to realize that there was a lot of work that we as members of Temple Israel, who are primarily Canadian citizens and and citizens who are part of colonial settler Canada, had a responsibility to think more deeply about the commission recommendations as far as as our institution.
0: So... Let me ask either one of you or both of you, um, the Jewish community of Canada comes to Canada rather late in the history of this country. Unlike the United States, where uh, Jews settled in the uh, mid-19th century um, and were a significant um, part of the population with regard to the issue of slavery, Um, number of Jewish slaveholders and plantation owners, and certainly uh, a number of people from the Jewish community were important uh, officers in the Confederate Army and in the Confederate government itself. The Jews of Canada immigrated here much later um, and were not part of the um, school system and in which indigenous people were so harmed both physically and emotionally. Um, So could you share with the listeners why you think the Jewish community, who was not part of that original colonial um, expression of settlement here, should be involved with this?
1: Well, I think there's several reasons. One in particular is there's a recommendation of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that calls on all faith groups to be involved in uh repudiating the treatment of the indigenous people. Um, then also uh one of the principles of the that came out in the Commission report is that it's a responsibility of all Canadians. And then if you want to cut down to the Jewish community, especially the Reformed Jewish community, um, we are very committed to social justice and to the principle of tikkun olan, repairing the world. And friend, do you want to add something that to great. that? that
0: no, that's terrific. Thank you. Just a reminder to uh, our listeners that the... Um, History of Reform Judaism is a history of um, ethical monotheism based on the writings of the Hebrew prophets Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah, who uh, speak eloquently about responding in a non-ritual manner, but in a ethical and moral manner to those who are disadvantaged, and so Temple Israel would have grown um, with those imperatives as part of its charter as a religious community so having established a task force at the synagogue and having um, members of the synagogue uh, participate in the establishment of the task force what then did you see as the role of the synagogue to its own members
2: mm-hmm. well it's it's a it's a journey that we're on it's evolving we're uh, exploring what we should do, how we should do it. And we've been very blessed to have a a wonderful advisor in the person of Dr. um, Kante Horn-Miller, who is a professor of Canadian studies at Carleton University, Indigenous herself, comes from a a family of activists, and uh, is willing to work with us on an ongoing manner and, in fact, uh, strongly recommended that we see our initiative not as a one-off activity or set of events, but that it be a, an ongoing journey of of discovery and building understanding. And so that's the journey that we're on.
1: And uh, Kehente actually uh, sees this as a responsibility of hers both as an indigenous woman and also in her role as a professor at Carleton. She sees it her responsibility to work with groups such as us in pursuing these goals.
0: And what's been the response, as best you can tell, of the synagogue community to Um, The establishment of a task force usually activists set up task forces and can be speaking in a vacuum or speaking to a um, group of like-minded people but I'm guessing like all religious communities it's broader than just the activists so what's been the response of uh, the congregation in general it's
2: been, um, it's been wonderful, actually. Uh, wonderful at, at a number of different levels. So the task force was formally established, recognized by the board. So it is part of the, you know, governance body of temple. Um, at the high holidays, uh, one of the high holiday sermons, Rabbi Moray spoke about the task force and indicated that it was a, a wonderful expression of what Temple Israel is about. Um, we invited individuals from the community to participate in the task force and we had quite a, a, an excellent response in terms of individuals who are willing to work because it is definitely a working task force. And so we've had people who you know, went out of their way to prepare refreshments for the first event to um to do everything involved in in we've had we're planning sorry we have a second event happening on sunday our our launch event happened december 4th it was very very successful
0: so perhaps you can share with the listeners what your introductory or initial event was um, and how then your second event is a follow-up to that
1: well, our first event, which took place in December during, uh, Hanukkah, was a presentation, um, by Kahenti Horn Miller, who we've mentioned, on um, Skywoman. This is a creation story of her people. And uh, we had over a hundred people attend the event, not only temple members, uh, but people from the broader Jewish community, from the Ottawa public and from the uh, indigenous community also and uh we had a rabbi more and uh gave a tie in with the hanukkah story um and this will be a feature of all our events uh is a tie in with jewish religion and culture
0: so do you remember um the tie in that the rabbi of the congregation used from the hanukkah story
2: well it was it had it, the tie in had to do with um with freedom, with the freedom to claim one's culture and and faith, and um, and to to demand that it be recognized in a respectful fashion.
0: Thanks um, for our listeners who may not make the initial connection. The story of Hanukkah uh, is a story of the second century before the Common Era, in which the people of Judea are under the hegemony of the Greco-Syrian majority. And there is a uh, conflict uh, that takes place in the land of Judea as um, the Greco-Syrian leadership wants to impose upon the indigenous aboriginal people of uh, Judea, namely the Israelites, um, a their desire that they lose their traditions and their customs and adopt a more uh, Greco-Greek approach to life. Um, And um, as some of you will know, there is a guerrilla warfare between the Judeans and the Greek Syrians, and the Israelites are successful um, and maintain their own culture. So making that connection to the history of indigenous people in canada is uh not far fetched that i think what fran and um and ann are saying is that the uh, majority culture here in canada has attempted sometimes with um um <clears throat> with good intention and sometime with less than positive intention to uh, force uh, indigenous communities and aboriginal communities to seed their language to seed their religion to seed their customs and there have been responses um, not as successful as the story of hanukkah but nonetheless responses Um, So your first program was an attempt to tell an aboriginal story of creation. Um, And what's your second program?
1: Well, this coming Sunday, uh, and all the public is welcome, uh, on Sunday afternoon, we're going to have Darren Bonaparte uh, present the Wampum Belt Chronicles. And, uh, this is a story of wampum and how it is, uh, or w- its meaning in the indigenous community. Because wampum was used to document the history of the indigenous people and their, uh, culture. And also the treaties that they, uh, they formed with the settlers. Um, so again, it will be educating, uh, us about the history of indigenous people and friend you want to
2: well just um as Anne mentioned earlier all uh, we want all our events to have uh, an element of tie-in to to judaism and so rabbi moray again will be reflecting on darren's presentation and commenting on it from a jewish perspective
0: Uh, The event hasn't taken place yet, so I don't know if you're um, cognizant of what Rabbi Murray will say, Um, so perhaps at a later show we'll ask him um, to share with us how he understands the tie-in between wampum and its uses within the Aboriginal community.
2: One resource that um, listeners may be interested in is a statement of solidarity in action that was um, constructed by several Jewish organizations in Canada, and it is quite a powerful statement of recognition empathy connection in terms of of indigenous non jewish non indigenous relations with a focus on jews sure
0: i mean why don 't you share it with um, our listeners of course, for those who are listening not in Canada um, Many religious um, groups were involved in the residential school system in which, as I mentioned earlier, aboriginals were forced from their homes and placed in schools run by a variety of different Christian denominations, which ended up being less than positive for the students and perhaps not meeting the goals that the government had established. The Jewish community was not part of that.
2: But um, it... My, what some of what went on in those schools has been described as cultural genocide. In fact, by um, uh, Senator Mar- Marie Sinclair.
0: Right. So Senator Sinclair was the author of the Truth and. Reconcil- he was the chair.
2: The chair a, of the, the commission.
0: commission. Um, and so, for the Jewish community to respond to this um, is, of course, um, out of their background in which there are numerous historical examples of attempts to destroy uh, the culture of the Jewish people. And, of course, in recent memory, the Shoah attempt to uh, uh, at genocide to destroy the physical being of the Jewish people. So, Fran, why don't you share with the listeners the statement? And who are the signatories to this statement? The
2: signatories include Vea which is a Jewish social justice organization, The Centre for for Israel and Jewish Affairs, the Canadian Council for Reform Judaism, the Toronto Board of Rabbis, and Reform Rabbis of Greater Toronto. Those are the signatories and the groups that developed this statement. So I'll just read read a, a piece from that statement that says, The shared experiences between Jewish and Indigenous communities offer a foundation of mutual understanding and unity. Our common histories include persecution, intimidation, forced assimilation, and discrimination. These realities bind our two communities. We believe that our mutual values of family, language, culture, elders, and spiritual preservation, along with the connections to self-determination, kinship, and homeland, bring our voices and communities together. We commit ourselves to meaningful public education in the Jewish community and beyond, and outreach to Indigenous communities to guide us to help improve the quality of life of Indigenous peoples. And that latter element is meant to to acknowledge that the circumstances of Indigenous peoples in Canada are um, not as good as they should be, and that everyone else has really benefited from their oppression. And so it's very important for us as Jewish communities to recognize that in terms of our situations in Canada, those of indigenous peoples should be the focus of our work to improve their quality of life and their ability to enjoy their cultural and, you know, other circumstances.
0: In a number of, um, churches, um, who have felt responsible for the residential school system um, beyond their financial response? You often see religious services beginning with a statement acknowledging that the church um, sits on unseated land or in some more liberal uh, church uh, uh, services, uh, liberal Protestant, not necessarily a mass. um, There is a uh, sweetgrass ceremony to acknowledge the relationship between the uh, religious obligation of the church and its congregation to aboriginals. Has there been any thought of um, identifying in a liturgical manner the work of the task force? Well, yes, we've
1: discussed this. We've discussed this, and Rabbi More, who's the current rabbi of Temple Israel, is very committed to doing this, but we wanted to make it uh, meaningful. I think some of us find that when these statements are read out, be it at the National Arts Center or at a public lecture, that it's more by rote and not meaningful. And Rabbi More's suggestion, although I don't think we've initiated it yet, is to put it into uh, one of the prayers in the service. Um, Fran, I don't and know I if think you want to comment prayer, on the specifics. Yeah,
2: it's the prayer for the nation that we thought we might be able to revise in some way or add to, to include an acknowledgement. So sitting on again, terror. for
0: our listeners, just to clarify that on um, the Sabbath, um, in all um, Jewish religious uh, Shabbat worship, there's usually a prayer for the nation— in which the service takes place as well as a prayer for the state of Israel. Um, And so what Fran and Anne are suggesting is that uh, their rabbi might rework the prayer for the nation, which asks for God's blessing upon the leaders of the country um, and upon the judges and the assorted officials of the country and for the welfare of the country, some comment about um, the country's responsibility to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission or to the Aboriginal Indigenous people. I think that's what you're suggesting. Something
2: like that. And also to recognize that we sit on
1: unseated... Yeah, it will mention the land, yes, the territory.
0: So trying to integrate it into the worship rather than just a, a preliminary statement before the worship service begins. Great. Um, And, of course, um, you, representing a somewhat older demographic, um, have a a greater sense of what the indigenous experience, the aboriginal experience, has been in Canada. Has the task force um, given some consideration about how to speak to younger generations
1: Well, yes, uh, Temple Israel has a religious school, and uh, one of our upcoming events uh, will involve them and will be directed at them. Um, It will possibly involve uh, the wampum belt uh, aspect and uh, explaining this to them and hopefully having them uh, possibly even make one. Uh, we haven't worked out all the details yet. And um, although Fran and I are of the uh, age group that you mentioned. We I didn't <laughs> mention the age group. I just said you
0: were of a uh, older Certain age group.
1: Well, we do have on our task force, we do have younger uh, members participating. So younger than us.
0: Now, some people listening to our show this morning Um, whether they're in Canada or the United States, would wonder whether um, religious institutions which are undergoing change and which are having difficulty uh, attracting um, regular worshippers and attracting um, individuals to their uh, prescribed purpose Um, of uh, theology and of connecting to the divine, some might wonder how this fits into the identified purpose of a religious organization. So before we end this morning, I'm wondering if you could just try and sum up how you think Um, responding to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission fits with your goals and objectives and your vision statement as a synagogue?
2: Well, I think as Anne mentioned earlier, the notion of tikkun olam is very central to Reform Judaism, that idea that we have a responsibility to help repair the world that we're not going to do it on our own, we're not going to finish the task. But being on that road, being part of the solution, to me, and I think to Anne as well, is, is quite central to Reform Judaism as a, as a faith perspective.
0: So this kind of social justice approach might be known in the Protestant world as the social gospel— Um, in which taking the message of our Jewish ancestors and interpreting it in modern terms um, leads one to uh, reach out to not just the poor and not just the orphan and not just the widow, as the Bible says, but to all those who are disadvantaged in society. Um, Our time is running short, so I want to thank uh, Fran Kladowski and Ann Alper, the co-chairs of the Temple Israel Ottawa Task Force on Truth and Reconciliation, for joining me this morning. I hope that you, the listeners, have a uh, greater sense of what the impact of the truth and reconciliation has been upon this congregation, and you will consider what impact it can have on your religious life for Jewish faith and Jewish facts I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten you can hear a rebroadcast of this on the chRI website or you can download it from iTunes as a podcast Shalom and good morning yeah,